Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. I'm Sarah Ivory, your host. Today, we've got Golem in the house. The band Golem is known for their rollicking interpretations of Yiddish and Eastern European music. Wherever they play, that's where the party's at. They fuse klezmer, punk, and rock into a unique sound that makes it hard to resist busting out into some dance moves. And their new album, called Tanz, which means dance in Yiddish, takes the band further into this wild, uncharted terrain with lots of original songs. Today, we've got Annette Ezekiel Kogan, Golem's founder, singer, and accordion player, and Jeremy Brown, Golem's violinist, in the studio with us to talk about all kinds of things, from Ukrainian politics to adventures in Mexico. Jeremy, Annette, welcome to Box Tablet. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So your new album is Tanz. It's out on Discos Corazon, a Mexican label, and you're just back from a tour in Mexico. How did it come to pass that this particular brand of Jewish klezmer punk rock makes a splash south of the border? Well, it's a very strange connection. Um, A music reviewer from the main newspaper there, La Reforma, named Bruno Bartra, originally contacted me and said, that we have a lot of fans in Mexico, which I had no idea. I mean, our CDs weren't even distributed there at that point. And uh, would we like to come over and do a show? And of course, I said, sure. And we did that. And then um, after that, this record label, Discos Corazon, saw us, and they had us come over. And the next time, which was a year ago, about... um, there were 2,000 people at the show, and it was <laughs> huge, and people were singing our songs. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not a Jewish audience at all. Like, there are a lot of Jews in Mexico City, but they weren't there. So what do you think they're connecting to? I think that they're connecting to a good time, like you said in the in the introduction, that people are out to have a good time, and we play, and they dance and have a party, and it's not... It's not a Jewish party specifically. It's just a party. Well, this new album, Tanz, uh, continues the tradition of Golem of combining Russian and Yiddish and English and all sorts of Jewish references. There are some changes, too, though, I understand. There are new musicians on this album. Jeremy, who I understand used to sub with the band, but is now a permanent member of Golem. And there's more songs in English than before. What were you trying to go for uh, with English with sort of this new album? Well, with this album, we really, um, it's really mostly original songs, whereas before, I mean, we always had some original songs, but this this album is the most, I think. Um, And just for me, writing the lyrics, I don't know, I feel it's easiest for me in English to express everything, and I try to put in some Yiddish or have it based on some Yiddish or Russian Jewish idea. So, um, and also, you know, it's nice for, for our audience to understand. Of course, now we're back at square one in, with the Mexican audience. It <laughs> <laughs> might as well be singing in Yiddish, <laughs> most of them. But. What's a song on the album that sort of typifies all that? Maybe we can listen. Um, maybe Freydala, because it has a lot of Yiddish words in it. It has a rap in Yiddish in the middle of the song. Uh, the, the rap is actually a children's poem. 
Um, what do the words mean? What is that rap? So uh, it's it's from a Yiddish book that I had of children's poems. And I checked this one out. And I was like, this is such black humor. Because it's... Um, you have to have a, a, a dog to protect your house. You have to have a cat to catch a mouse. So the last part is um, you have to have a cow to give you milk, but, but little girl, what good are you? Like the, all these animals are useful and you, what good are you? <laughs> It's a like, wonderful wow, lesson. this is a children's poem that you tell to kids. <laughs> so um, I was like, this has to be a song. There is a great amount of joy in the music in, on this album. I mean, even if the lyrics are dark, the music is so playful and silly and fun. And you can imagine children of all ages just, you know, dancing and jumping around, listening to it. Uh, I know you both have kids. Um, and I wonder, to what extent does that idea of sort of childlike abandon figure into music making? I mean, for me, it definitely figures because I'm singing to my kids all the time. And and actually, the Tanz, the first um, song in the album, it ca- <laughs> there's a song that my kids sing in this little class, this Mommy and Me group that we went to that goes up, like... Get up and dance, Lucia. L- Lucia loves to dance. Get up and dance, Lucia. Get up and-, and it goes around the room like that. And when it gets to their t- turn, they're like mesmerized and they st- stand up. It's like for the under two crowd. They stand up and they like start boogieing <laughs> and they can't help. It. And then they sit back down on the next one. And it's like this really repetitive, bizarre, like trance music to me. Like, I wonder if I can do something like that. I mean, it turned out to be a different song but that's that's kind of what it was based on so on the face of it that song is really quite upbeat Yes, um, but the actual story of it, it's um, based on an article uh, that you all might have read in the Times, I don't know, like two years ago or last a year and a half ago about this man named Roman Bloom who was a Holocaust survivor and he came to the States and lived in Staten Island, became a millionaire and died at 97 and left no will, no family, no children, and they didn't know what to do with the money. And um, there's this whole article about him and how you know, he and his wife met in the DP camp, I think, or it might have been actually in America already. And they, no, it was in the DP camp. And they thought like, how many, you know, he said, how many Jewish women am I going to meet? You know, how many are around? I better marry this one. This is like very, 
<laughs> like, uh, and then he was a partier, and they described in the article like these resorts in the Catskills, which were all Holocaust survivors, just partying, drinking, dancing, because like they wanted to, they wanted to be with people that they didn't have to explain what had happened to them, and they wanted to have a good time. And it felt like, wow, you know, it's like to to party after what you've been through and how that must have felt, and so. Taunts, the lyrics are about um, survivors partying. Pour me some more Slivovitz. Move faster with the music. Let it go through your fingers. Those were the days, now they're gone. There may be no more men. You could be the last woman. It's not love we're after. We just want to. We just got to. I want to talk about the song Odessa. It's named, of course, after uh, the city of Odessa, which has such a great tradition of Jewish life. And it's also a city that's very much in the news right now because it's caught in the crossfire between Russian nationalists and the Ukrainian leadership. To what extent, then, when you sing this song Odessa, given the current events, uh, are you mindful of what's going on now in Odessa? Very mindful. And we have... uh we have three uh, typical Odessa songs that every every Russian Jew and Ukrainian Jew knows, um, uh, at least three, maybe four, in our repertoire. And we just did a show at Baruch College for the Slavic Department on Monday. And um, I even said to the audience, it's never going to feel the same to sing these joyful, lovely, crazy Odessa song, jokey Odessa songs, all the things that make up the Odessa you know, persona, humor, uh, underworld kind of thing. It's never going to feel the same after what's, you know, the horrible thing that just happened. And all my, uh, my husband is from Eastern Ukraine. He came in 1992. He's from Kharkov. And so, I mean, that's all he does is watch the news and read the news on Twitter is the most reliable (laughs) source of Ukrainian news right now. And, all the people I know from Odessa are writing on Facebook, you know, my city, can't believe this. So is it painful then to sing these songs now? Kind of, yeah. I mean, the, you know, every Jewish song has joy and tears in it. That's just the nature of Jewish music. But now, like, these tears are actually falling right now. So, Are Russians or people from the former Soviet Union a big part of your audience in general? Absolutely. It's a largely Russian audience in a lot of the places that we play. Um, I think there's something there's something that speaks particularly to that community. I think for having a more uh, more recent immigrant experience and a more complicated Jewish experience over the course of their lives, I think than a lot of American Jews do. Um, and and then also that some of the songs are Russian and a lot of the melodies are familiar from where they come from. And it has been a relatively recent thing though i mean kind of around the time jeremy joined the band all of a sudden we got this big part of our audience that was russian jewish and i feel like that's also been the development of the band like we started off it was all american hipster jews like trying to think about their grandparents experience you know in a cool way and um but the songs were always about the russian jews and um and 
they weren't really, in, you know, they didn't know about it or, you know, they were too busy, like, get, getting acclimated to America. Now I feel like it's a generation that really feels American already. And um, they discovered us, and we just played at Limud FSU, which is Limud, former Soviet Union. They have their own Limud for, you know, former Soviet Union And we should Jews. say that Limud is like a Jewish-sponsored uh, week of sort of... Uh, seminars and empowerment uh, programming. Right. And I felt I felt so happy being there because, I, and I said this on stage, like this music is about you, it's for you, it's inspired by you, and I'm glad that you're finally listening to it. Where was that? Uh, New, New Jersey. I, oh, and I they see. Do it, I we think, moved four people from the FSU. Yes, for it, here. Right. Another quality that a lot of the music that you guys make has is a kind of unabashed, raw sexiness. Um, And on this album that still obtains, especially on one of the songs called Mikvah Bath, I want to listen to that song and then let's uh, talk about it a little bit. So what inspired Mikvah Bath? <laughs> um, you know, there's the Jewish idea of, of cleaning yourself after your period and purifying yourself before your wedding also. And I felt like that could be taken in a negative way by the modern woman. Or, you know, you can try to see it as, a, as something empowering. And that's what I... This is a girl imagining having sex for the first time and what it's going to be like. And I don't feel like it's a, I feel like it's a woman asserting herself and not the opposite. So this song, Mikvah Beth, and also 740, which alludes to the different uh, uh, prayer services during the day, um, are very obvious religious allusions. But the music and the band, you guys don't sort of have a kind of like religious affect. Is this the first time you're going into kind of like overt religious terrain or illusions at least? Yes. And why? I mean, at, at the beginning, I was, I thought, okay, this is, a, this is a secular Jewish band and we're celebrating secular, secularism, that you're the Jewish cultural feeling rather than religious. But... Um, as my Yiddish teacher, Pesach Fishman, said, like, you don't have to believe it, you don't have to be Orthodox, but you can't know about Yiddishkeit without knowing, knowing it and religion. understanding it and, and feeling it in a way. And um, so I, I've kind of like, as I've 
become more comfortable in the 14 years we've been playing with the Jewish religious world and different Jewish worlds. I've kind of like been able to go there in a way that's comfortable for me. The 740 is, is about the experience of my husband's cousin who, who in the Soviet Union, he dreamed of being Orthodox. That's all he wanted to do. And he experienced all this terrible anti-Semitism. And when he came to America, he became an Orthodox Jew. Chabad. Um, and I wanted to explore that. And um, Jeremy also like goes between the two worlds very fluidly. So... I'll be honest, actually, the first time I heard that song, I was a little hesitant. Um, I'm not sure if I ever said anything or not, but being that none of us in Golem are Jews who daven three times a day, who follow these commandments that we're talking about in the song, I had some initial initial hesitation about whether it's appropriate to sing about, but, but after thinking about it, um, I definitely agree with what Annette said earlier. These are all parts of Jewish life, and you don't have to live them all to know something about them all and to be able to make art about them. There was one song on Tanz which was familiar to me and probably will be to many listeners, and that is the classic Tumbalalaika. I want us to go out with that song, but before we listen to it, I would love it if you guys could share a little bit. What were you aiming for with your uh, rendition of this classic tune? Um, that is featuring the guitarist Brandon Seabrook, who's a New York experimental jazz rock guitarist and plays with us at a lot of weddings and um I'm just a big fan of his playing and he can you know he's played guitar when I've and I've looked behind me to see what instrument was playing because he can make it sound like there was once I thought it was a piano or a trumpet I didn't know what was going on behind me and um you know, when we play tune balalaika at weddings, I, I would say, like, play like a balalaika, and he'll just do it. And so I wanted to record that version of him, like, being this kind of crazy electric balalaika while playing this beautiful traditional song that everybody knows. So that was that's what we were going for. Great. Let's listen. Annette Ezekiel Kogan is the accordionist and singer in Golem. Jeremy Brown is Golem's violinist. The band also includes Aaron Diskin, Curtis Hasselbring, Taylor Bergren Christman, and Tim Monahan. Golem's new album, Tons, is out this week. Did you like our conversation? If you did, go ahead, share it with other people, don't be shy. But also know that you can get every single episode of Vox Tablet by subscribing to it. Subscribe to Vox Tablet on iTunes or on any other podcast browser. Don't miss a single episode. 
Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Avery. We thank you so much for joining us. Please join us again next time. Thank you.